Good morning. You can be seated. Welcome to church this morning. Happy Easter to you. You know he has risen, right? He is risen. Yeah. yeah. That's why we're here this morning to celebrate that. And we're really glad that you're here to celebrate with us as we celebrate the risen Savior. If you're a guest today, we're glad you're here. So if you want to take out we're your We're glad phones. you're all here, but you know, guests, we're glad you're here too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, guests and everybody. Everybody, yeah. Right? So you're all welcome. We're glad you're here. Yeah. We're not going to make guests stand up and point you out. Let's and do it. Let's, let's <laughs> no, let, what we could do is have everybody that's not a guest stand up. I just wanted you to get some exercise. If you take out your phone right now and check into Facebook, that will tell your friends there's another 11 o'clock service that they can come to. So uh, make sure that you do that. Put on there, He is Risen. And there's also a card, a connection card in your program, and you can give us any information that you'd be willing to give. You can also download our app. Just go to the App Store, and it's Salem Fields, and everything that you need to know uh, is right there, and you can sign up on things there too as well. 
Again, we're, uh, we're going to take our offering in just a little while. It'll be somewhere later in the service. Just when you're thinking we're not going to take one, the buckets are going to come right by you. And uh, you can give a cash. You can write a check to Salem Fields Community Church. You can go out and give in the foyer uh, with a credit card, debit card. You can give on your app. And uh, you, if you're online, you can give by pushing the little green button. But if you're a guest today, don't worry about that today. Uh, the next time you come back, we'll really hit you up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we appreciate your faithfulness in giving. So how many people were at the crosswalk the other night? That was, that was pretty amazing, wasn't it? It really was. And that was a time when we just reflected and remembered what Jesus did for us. Watch this. Together we carried that cross, uh, just to remember that Jesus um, carried that cross for each one of us, and that was a tragedy, one of the greatest tragedies that's ever happened in human history. You know, tragedies happen. Tragedies happen to all of us, and most of us could tell a story of tragedy in our life, of personal tragedy. It's actually one of the things that brings us together. You know, when a tragedy happens, whether it's in our world or around us, people tend to come together. In fact, tragedy is the reason that we're all here today. We're here really to remember and reflect on one of the greatest tragedies in human history. And that was the tragedy of Jesus going to the cross, an innocent man that went to the cross and was nailed on the cross for you and for me, he was innocent but we were guilty and he went to the cross for us. But tragedy isn't unique to Jesus. We've experienced that, he's experienced that. But what is unique is God's response to tragedy. God's response to the tragedy, your tragedy and the tragedy of Jesus on the cross. See, God didn't allow tragedy to be the end of the story for Jesus or for us. So today we're gonna share in some stories of people, people just like you and just like me, that have experienced some of the most heart-wrenching tragedies that people can experience. And together we're gonna experience firsthand the pain and the anguish that each person has suffered. You know, there are really many among us 
who have suffered similar stories. And you know what? When you're in the middle of that tragedy, as times that I've been in the middle of a tragedy, we say, is this all there is? Is this what there is? But today we're gonna share, and, and you and I will discover that tragedy is not the end of the story. Just like Jesus and the cross, it's really only the beginning. Hi, I'm Kelly. In 1999, you know, gave my heart to Jesus. Only I didn't truly give my heart to Jesus. I, I knew the rules. We went to church on twice on Sundays and Wednesday nights, and I, I did everything I was supposed to do, and um, didn't have a true relationship. And so, when I saw other things in my life, I wasn't content with. It was a little easier to fall away. And then I found myself making some really bad choices. Some people find their solace in alcohol, or some people find it in drugs. I found mine in attention from men. And so even when I was married and I wasn't content with anything, when the children got on my nerves, when four children who were all 18 to 20 months apart and I was homeschooling and I had one knocking over Cheerios and then trying to get one in diapers and one here and and then helping a husband with the business and then he was gone all the time and then I, I just went and I looked for attention from somebody else and you know it's easy when somebody says oh you know oh I can relate and oh you're a good person or I find you attractive and then got caught up in thinking that that life was more appealing than being a mom and this was just great. <laughs> this was this was so much more fun. Um, I met somebody that he actually said that I could move in with him. He had met the children and they were gonna have their own rooms and, and um, he kicked me out 12 hours later. And so I had no home. When I left his house and he said, no, you have to leave. You're, you're gone, you're out, I don't want you here. And I literally left his house not knowing whether to go left or right. It's like, what, what, what am I gonna tell the kids? What am I gonna tell my ex-husband who already thinks I'm a loser? What am I gonna tell my dad? What am I gonna do? Really, <laughs> what am I, where am I gonna go? I have no money. It was so, about three or four in the morning, I went to a hotel and I got to the room. There, there I was. <laughs> me, me and the pills, <laughs> me and this bottle. And I dumped them all out on the bed. And I just stared at them and I thought, okay, I can take all of these. They were prescription pills and I can never wake up. And then I don't have to feel this pain anymore. And then I don't have to put my children through pain anymore. And nobody has to feel anything that I do wrong anymore. Kelly was hopeless. And she felt great anguish and pain. But Jesus also experienced anguish and overwhelming pain. He felt forsaken by his father, God, and his disciples. 
He must have felt all alone at his point of death, too. The Bible says they went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. And he fell to the ground and he prayed, Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And then he returned to his disciples and he found them sleeping.
Hi, I'm Stephanie, and 2014 for me was was a year that started out with a year full of hope, but it turned into a year of loss. My husband and I wanted to grow our family, and the year started out with me finding out that I was pregnant. I, we were so excited about that. We had a, a little boy at the time that was going to turn five years old, and about two weeks later, I miscarried, and it was it was devastating for me. A couple weeks after that was my son's fifth birthday. And the day of his birthday, I had a panic attack. I didn't know what was going on with me, but it led me to the emergency room. From that moment on, it started a period of daily panic attacks. I had pain every day. Um, I wasn't able to sleep. And I just, I didn't know what was going on. Uh, I had to lean on my husband more than I ever had before. And I just noticed that there was some distance between us. There was something just that wasn't right. But this pain and, and the suffering for me went on for about six months. The doctors were able to diagnose me with fibromyalgia. It took about 30 days after my diagnosis to begin feeling like myself again. My husband did go on a business trip during this time. I noticed while he was gone, he wasn't calling as much. When he came home, he just didn't seem very excited to see me. And it was about a week later that I had spent the day at the beach with his family. It was just a girl's trip and a, and a kid's trip at the beach. I remember coming home late that night. We were all exhausted and um, he helped unload the car. And the next morning when I woke up, um, he said that he needed to talk to me. He said that his heart had changed and that he just didn't feel connected to me or our marriage anymore and he wanted to get back what we had. And he, he gave me this big hug, and I knew what this hug meant. I just, I knew what it meant. It, it was a goodbye hug. He literally left me in a ball on the floor, and he walked out of the house. 18 years together, that just, I, I wasn't prepared for that. When you take your vows, <laughs> You have that security. You know that no matter what, you're going to stand that storm with that person. Pulling in that driveway the first time, seeing a dark house, an empty driveway. When I came home and I saw that those racks empty in the closet, I was alone. And I felt completely alone. Stephanie felt betrayed. Jesus knew the sting of betrayal too, by someone very close to him, someone that he loved. The Bible says Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. And then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to them, whom do you seek? And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing right there with him. Broken clock is comfort, helps me sleep tonight. Maybe it can't stop tomorrow, stealing all my time. 
Jennings. I'm Lori Jennings. About 15 years ago, it was just another day. Busy as normal with a two-year-old and an infant. Took them to the babysitters, went to work like normal. About 10 o'clock in the morning, I got a call from the sitter, and she said that Carly, who was the one-year-old, um, she could not wake her up from her nap. She was unresponsive. There was blood coming out of her ears and her nose. Immediately, I called the ambulance because she hadn't done that, and I met the ambulance at the hospital. They brought her in, and she was just laying there lifeless. So they took her to the back, and they did all kinds of tests. She was unresponsive the whole time. When they went to move her from the stretcher to the bed, they reached under her and they felt this huge knot on the back of her head. Um, X-rays came back very quickly and she had a 12-inch skull fracture, broken vertebrae in her neck. And they automatically said we have to medevac her to get her the best care at Fairfax Hospital. About the time that the helicopter showed up, Matt walked in the door. I saw Carly laying on the stretcher, of course. She had started bruising on her hips and chest and immediately the doctors and the nurses looked at me and said those look like bruises from handprints. They refused to allow us to go in the medevac because it at that point seemed like a parental crime and we arrived at Fairfax Inua and were scooped up by the child welfare services people, taken to a room and investigated for an hour while our child is in the intensive care unit, basically comatose, lifeless. I crashed to my knees in the little alcove in front of the building talking to my father who was praying a hedge of thorns around my daughter couldn't see her, and we didn't know what to do. Finally, they let us in to see her. She looked deformed. I mean, the, the whole entire side of her head was just swollen completely out in her face, and it didn't even look like her. It was just heartbreaking. The doctor looked us right in our face and said, the only thing that's going to save her is a miracle. So later that evening, once we had time to sit and actually think, we realized that somebody did this to her. I mean, immediately it changes from just extreme sadness to just anger. You're just angry that you can't even imagine that somebody could do this. And why did somebody do this? And why did somebody do this to her? She's a child. Normally, when there is an injury like this to a child, it is the parents. And it's usually the dad. I had to walk around the hospital with the whispers and the nurses and the doctors and everyone looking at me and... And that's how they treated us. That's they, how they treated us. No one looked at us like we were the parents of this child that cared about this child. They looked at us like we were the ones that tried to kill our own child. And if you are strong normally, nothing prepares you for something like that. How horrible for the Jennings the injury of their child, but also on top of that being falsely accused. But Jesus experienced the pain and the humiliation of being falsely accused. The Bible says, but when the leading priests and the elders made their accusations against him, 
Jesus remained silent.
My name is John, John Thomas. I was a little rebellious, one of the people that just did his own thing, never listened to mom, never listened to dad. Ultimately ended up here in Fredericksburg, still exactly how I was in the younger years, never changed, never figured it out. My choice of, of drug was marijuana. I grew it, I smoked it, I sold it. I got um, arrested for marijuana distribution and cocaine distribution. And I ended up with 23 years. It was a devastating thing. I was married, so I lost my marriage. I lost my house. Out of the 23 years, I only did 38 months. I got out, I met a woman, and had twin daughters, Christina and Caitlin. Seven years after that, my daughter, one of my daughters died. That was a very low point in my life, but it didn't change me. And I ended up getting in trouble again. This time I got in trouble for marijuana distribution, which is my second felony conviction. So I got five years for that. And they released me on a work release program in Wise County, Virginia. There, I met my wife. I lived a much different life when I met my wife. And for her to be able to do that in a short amount of time was a miracle in itself. Uh, my wife got really sick. Uh, she had stage four cancer. I lost both my parents to cancer, lost my daughter to cancer, and I, my wife got sick. When she passed away, that was my lowest point. I never chose to take the right path, so I always was taking, I thought, the least resistant path, but it wasn't the least resistant path. It was the most resistant path. It ultimately got me in trouble again from my third felony conviction. The third felony conviction carried some devastating consequences. So I was looking at a minimum sentence of 10 years and there was no way out of it. It was impossible. I just, I couldn't wrap my mind around anything else but the loss of my wife until one morning I woke up and realized that she was gone and that I was going away. It was a feeling of uh, desperation. My life is basically over. I don't have anything um, that can help me anymore. John experienced great loss in his life. He lost people that he loved. And he experienced the sting of being arrested, and he was guilty. But Jesus was innocent, and he knew the humiliation and the embarrassment of being arrested, too. He was handcuffed, and he was carried off to prison to be beaten. The Bible says, so the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus, and they bound him. First, they led him to Annas, who was who was his father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people.
just heard four stories of personal tragedy. You know, many of us can relate to those stories. For many of you and many of us, we've been through some personal tragedies in our life. And so we can relate in some way or the other. And you know what? There's nothing that we've experienced in life, whether it be disappointment, hurt, or personal tragedy, that Jesus cannot relate to. When He died on the cross, that was the greatest tragedy of ever happened in mankind. An innocent man took our place, sinless man, was beaten, he was crucified and buried. And he can relate to us. Today is about good news though. And the good news is that God doesn't, the, the story of God and the story of our lives doesn't end with tragedy. Each of us, each of us have our own stories of triumph. And the stories we've just heard have triumph as well. So this represents that God is alive and well. 
the stories of the people here. This is Kelly. Would you make her feel welcome? And you know, it takes a lot to kind of lay yourself out there, but I know that Kelly is here to talk about the triumph in her life. So Kelly, would you tell us the path that has taken you from that story to where you are today? Well, um, instead of taking those pills that night, I literally fell on the floor and um, cried out to God and asked him to forgive me and rededicated my life to Jesus. And I started reading my Bible every day and doing my devotions every day and praying and talking to God, which is where I developed my actual relationship with God. And that's where I discovered that God's timing is absolutely perfect. And in trying to get my children back, it took um, almost two years. And through that, um, the trial was pushed back twice. And I would ask God how he could allow that injustice to happen. And there were times he was really silent. And certain things happened during that two years that fell into place that actually allowed me to get my children back. And... Um, so I saw that his timing is perfect. He's all-knowing, and even in the chaos, his timing is perfect. So it hasn't been an easy path, but you have pushed through, and that shows what hope in our life can do, because at one point you were hopeless. So Kelly, what would you say is the greatest triumph to date for you? Um, just that um, God's allowed me to build a new family, because I lost my family once. He's taught me how to guard against losing them again. Thank you so much. Thanks. Yes, and when we clap, what that means is we're clapping to give them encouragement as well as to give God glory for what he's done to bring tragedy, to bring triumph out of tragedy. This is Stephanie. Hello. Stephanie, could you share with us what it's taken for you to go from uh, the story that we heard to where you are today. Absolutely. Um, I, it really started, 2014 was, was definitely a year of loss, but 2015 um, started out for me um, here at Salem Fields when Lane Lohman visited us. He talked about laying down our swords, and that was a time that we were going through the negotiations of our separation agreement. And I was fighting really hard to hold on to everything. I was still fighting to hold on to our marriage, um, our son, and just our future. And I wasn't doing it in the best ways. And God just gave me a more Christ-like way to, to, to fight and by just laying down my sword. And then a few months later, Jason was doing his cookout series and he did a sermon on the armor of God. And that sermon gave me daily tools to use uh, to get through the separation and divorce, um, salvation, faith, truth, peace, um, and the word of God. Um, and then I was just, I was in heavy pursuit of God. I think just as much as he was pursuing me. And he gave me a verse um, it was being on being the fruit of the, the Spirit, Galatians 5.22. And there were several pieces of that verse that stuck out to, be, to me, uh, but mainly um, peace, uh, patience, and thankfulness. And that's just become my life verse. It's really amazing to me, Stephanie, how the Word of God and also you just per persevering. Mm -hmm. And that's one wonderful thing about being a church family is I've watched you go through some really tough times. I've seen the tears, but I also see that 
sparkle in your eye today, and it's still not going to be tough because you have a little one. Yes. So what would you say is your greatest triumph today? Um, my relationship with God, um, that, that was some, I was raised as a Christian, but I, I never really had that, you know, that relationship, a relationship with God. I can say that I have that now. And not only do I have that, but because I have that, I, I've been able to show my son by example that he can have that and, and who to lean on in those times. Um, and so I've been able to watch him develop a relationship with God. Um, and then, you know, the other night he leaned at the altar here and prayed. And, and nothing just brings me greater joy than to see him growing in his relationship with God. Yep, that uh, does a parent's heart, goes in flip-flops yeah. when you can see yeah. that you're leading your child. Yes, it does, absolutely. doesn't it? Yeah, just to tears, just, yes. Yes, thank you, Stephanie. <laughs> Would you give her a hand? <laughs> These are the Jennings, and you know, Lori and Matt, I heard this huge gasp in the crowd when <laughs> they saw that fracture in the skull. Would you bring us up to date about Carly? Yes, um, Carly, well, we stayed in the hospital for three days. Um, after three days of her laying there lifeless, and the doctor is basically telling us to prepare for her to never wake up. Um, on the third day, she did. Um, the third day. <laughs> um, so we went home, and um, I won't say it was without struggle, but Carly is now 16. She's a state qualified high jumper at Cortland. She's looking at going to college. She's very successful. Um, so she's battling through. <laughs> so Lori, I know that uh, your path to forgiveness was not instantaneous. No. It, it took a while, didn't it? Yes. It so did. could you tell us about that? Yeah, um, it took us about, gosh, seven or eight years to finally get to a point that we could even talk about it. Um, we were so angry and hurt and upset and blaming um, that we couldn't even see the miracle that God had placed right in front of us. Um, right after Carly was baptized, she came to us and she was like, you know what, mom and dad, God will handle that lady that hurt me. You don't need to carry that. Um, so at that very point, we were able to start healing. Um, and it's been a hard road. Um, forgiveness is one of the hardest things we've ever done. And some mornings I have to wake up and do it all over again. Um, but we found Salem Fields and we got into small group. Um, we were able to start sharing our story, um, which actually was very healing for us. Um, gets a little easier each time we tell it. Um, we've gone on mission trips together as a family and we're able to help people the way that people helped us during our tragedy. Um, that's been just so rewarding for us as a family. Amazing. So, Matt, you have led your family in the way of the Lord, and that's so admirable. Would you tell us what your greatest triumph is today? Um, well, my greatest triumph as a father and as a Christian is my family. Um, my family is comprised of myself, my wife, and two daughters, and before I came to Salem Fields and before I got married, I was a Christian. But now my wife is a Christian. Both of my daughters are Christians. All four of us are missionaries. We all serve the Lord. We have a wonderful story of hope that was given to us, even though it took us a long time to realize it. We are now willing to share our story of hope, our miracle that we have with anyone, everyone, anytime, anywhere. <laughs> it's our story. 
and we love God for giving it to us. I love that. It's a miracle, isn't it? It's a miracle yeah, it's story. It's a miracle. It is. I got it this yeah, time. Yeah, you got it. I'll get it this time. <laughs> hey, John, come hey. on up here. <laughs> well, here's John, and he's with us. And so, John, would you tell us how you got from that story that we heard to you're here? Well, how much time do I have? Uh, just a little bit. <laughs> I'll try to make it short. Um, what I can say is I have experienced uh, God's grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, his freedom. He freed me from myself. And he gave me a scripture to live by in Jeremiah 29, 11, I think it is. And it says, I know the plan I have for you, saith the Lord, a plan of prosperous and a plan not to harm you, a plan for hope and a future. And I live by that word that he gave me. It's, um, it's something that I never realized. I made a conscious commitment to be obedient to him and to have my personal relationship with him. I, I am sold out to Christ. Uh, he is the master of my life. I follow his word, and I never thought I would see myself here. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Never Sometimes thought we can't guess what he has in store for us, can we? And no. here you are. I know that you've got a great support system here at Salem Fields, and I know that uh, you have pursued God as well. So what would you say is your greatest triumph? Well, a miracle that I would never have imagined was my greatest triumph on my third conviction as a felon. Um, I was looking at a minimum of 10 years, mandatory. I could have got a lot more than that, but that was just minimum. And um, it was hard coming to the church. I was led to the church through Christ, through other people that believe it or not, are non-believers wow. that actually spoke about this church and I decided one day to come here and I've been here ever since. And the church prayed through all of these things with me. I started gaining a lot of hope through what I was experiencing. And when I went into court that day, God gave me favor with the judge, with the courts. And on a minimum mandatory 10-year sentence, I received five months. Um, that's impossible. That just doesn't happen unless that's created by Christ and his grace, his mercy, his love for me as a sinner. I certainly didn't deserve it. So I know that you're pretty humbled by that, aren't you? And I he know is. that I've listened to you consistently tell me about your love for Jesus and your dedication to serve him from here on out. So thank you so much, John, for... Thank you for having me up here. Sure. I hope I reach someday. Thank you, guys. Yeah, let's give it up for all of them one more time. Well, there you have it. If God can change the lives of Kelly and, and uh, Stephanie and Matt and Lori and John uh, through tragedy... He can do the same in your life.
You know, you may be facing a tragedy, but as I said earlier, the greatest story of tragedy to triumph is the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I mean, this, Jesus was dead, and on the third day, he rose from the dead. And what a triumphal story that is. And thousands and thousands of people all around the world today are celebrating that triumph of a Savior that was raised from the dead. Now, if God has the power enough to raise a dead man from the grave, He can raise up those situations in our life that we think are dead. The Bible says that, uh, that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. And I, I know that not one of these couples would want to go back and go through that tragedy again, but I, I can tell you, knowing them, that they look back and say, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. And I don't know what you're experiencing today, but I want you to know that maybe you're in the middle of a tragedy and life has just been kind of a bum for you. And uh, you know, or you're in a, had a great disappointment right now, or you're really hurting, and you're saying, you know what, I'm going to quit. I just feel like giving up. And you got all kinds of questions in your mind. Well, today, because of the resurrection, those questions can be maybe not answered, but God can raise up your situation today and bring triumph in your life. You know that the resurrection of Jesus Christ also gave us victory over sin and death. And no matter what we've experienced in our life, no matter where sin has taken us, I can tell you this, because Jesus' tri tragedy over triumph, our sins have, can be forgiven and the power of the resurrection to raise our dead lives into a new life. And so, you know what, when you think about Easter, the greatest tragedy that we could face today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, would be to walk out of here today, hearing these incredible stories of God's power, hearing the very fact that God died and sent His Son to die in our place, and not receive that, and not leave here today knowing your sins are forgiven, and that you have new life, that if you would pass from this life to the next life, you would live forever and never die. And you'd be with Jesus forever. And you could lay your head down on your pillow at night and say, Whoo, boy, I'm glad that's gone. I'm glad that guilt and that sin has been taken away because of the triumph of the, of the grave and Jesus' resurrection. So I just uh, want to encourage you today. I'm not talking about knowing God because we can know God or knowing about God, but I'm talking about knowing God personally through His Son, Jesus Christ. So I hope today, if your life is uh, tragedy because of sin, that today you will seek God and His forgiveness and His love for you. Let's pray together if we could. Father, we thank You for the incredible stories, the resurrection stories, Father. They just go on and on and on and on, Lord. There's so many could give in their story today. And God, I thank You today that, uh, Father, that 2,000 years ago, Your story of tragedy to triumph was written. And today we get to celebrate that with thousands and millions of people around the world. And so, Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you for that great, great triumph. And you know, with all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed this morning, just for a moment, you know, you might be here and you're a believer and you love Jesus, but man, you're in the middle of it. I mean, life is just, it really stinks right now. It might be a tragedy. You know, you might have got bad news from the doctor, loss of a loved one, financial, just financial breakdown, children, you know, just something in your life. And you're facing a tragedy. Or, man, you've got, you just, you're dealing with one of the most huge uh, disappointments in your life, and you've been hurt to the core of your being. 
And you know, God, I just want you to know that on Friday, it was dark. That was 2,000 years ago, it was dark. And all hope had been lost. But Sunday came. And Jesus was resurrected. Your Sunday's on the way. And I just would wonder if you'd want us to pray for you this morning, if you're going through a difficult time, a tragedy, disappointment, or hurt, Gay and I, that we could pray for you in this uh, prayer this morning with all of our heads bowed. You say, yeah, buddy, I need prayer this morning. My family needs prayer. Would you pray for us? Would you slip up your hand just say to God, yeah, wow. See, we all know that. I'm going to tell you folks with your hand up, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. You just hold on, and you just trust, and you just believe because Sunday is coming. Father, thank you. I pray for every person that raised their hand this morning. God, we know that victory is on the way. Father, we know that there is going to be a day of celebration. There's going to be a day of triumph. And I just pray that you would wrap your loving arms of love and care around each person here this morning. Wow, there were so many this morning, Lord. And so I just pray for healing and hope. I pray, God, that no matter the situation, that, God, we believe that because you raised a dead man from the grave on the third day, God, we believe that if you have the power to do that, you have the power to raise up these tragic and disappointing and hurtful situations in the lives of your people. So we thank you, Jesus. Now, with all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, and you would say, you know what, buddy? I've never asked God to forgive me of my sins. I've never acknowledged God as my personal Savior. I mean, I really didn't even know you could have a personal relationship with God where God knows your name and God hears you and talks to you. You talk to him, he talks back. And it's just like, a, just like a, any other relationship. Outside the fact that this one, this relationship, you can know that your sins are forgiven and that you're going to heaven. Now, with all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, if you would say, that's me. Pray this prayer with me. You don't have to pray it out loud. Just pray it in your heart. Pray it sincerely. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on a cross for my sins. I believe, Jesus, you died on a cross for my sins. And I believe that on the third day you arose from the grave. Bible says we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Christ was raised from the dead. The Bible says we shall be saved. You just say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. And now you just invite him into your heart. Jesus, I invite you into my heart to be my Savior. You say, is that it? It's pretty simple, isn't it? It's pretty simple, but that's it. All that's left now is to thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Just pray this. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. Thank you, Jesus, for being my Savior. Now with all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, and you're saying, you know what? I prayed that prayer. I believe it by faith, and I'm going to make a testimony publicly right now to you and Gay, because we're going to be looking. Everybody else is going to keep their heads bowed, no peeking, okay? Because we don't want to embarrass anyone. We're just doing this so that this person can know that they've made a, living, they've made a testimony that Christ lives in their life. Because they prayed that prayer with all of our heads bowed. If you prayed that prayer, will you slip up your hand today? Anybody like that? Gracious sakes, praise the Lord. All over the auditorium. Any, yes, in the back. See your hand. Yes, over on this side. I see your hand. Both of you. God bless you. Anyone else? Yes, in the very back. God bless you. Anyone else? See all those hands, Gay? 
God bless you, sir. Anyone else? Just slip it right up, put it right back down if you haven't raised it yet. Father, we thank you for every hand that was raised, every heart that has surrendered to you, every sin that's been forgiven. God, for every life that's been raised up from the dead, for every tragedy that has been turned to triumph because of the power of the resurrection, we celebrate that today. Father, wrap your loving arms of love and care around each one and bless them in a special way today. May they know that they just know, nobody has to, they just know, God, that you've forgiven them. And I pray that they'll walk out of here realizing they have a new life, a new start. And we praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo. Now, if you prayed that prayer, here's what I want you to do. There's a table out there with a couple pastors that are going to be there. And they want to give you a salvation band, okay? It's just like this one right here. And I wear it everywhere I go unless somebody else needs it or share the gospel with someone else. And we want you to have one of those because there's a little thing that comes with that that we'll talk to you all about what God just did in your life, okay? Will you do that? Say yes, somebody. Yeah, all right, God <laughs> all bless right, you. All right, so we're going to take our tithes and offerings. The baskets will go by, but as soon as they go by, you stand up because we're going to sing about this wonderful grace that we've experienced here today that God has showered upon us through Jesus Christ, okay? Don't leave because we're going to celebrate.
This is our story, let's sing it out. I needed rescue, my sin was heavy, but chains breaking the weight of your glory. I needed shelter, I was an orphan, now you call me a citizen of heaven.
be good. Eight services down and God is on the throne and he is alive and well. There's been a tragedy to triumph stories today and this weekend and we're so excited. If you're a guest with us, thanks so much for coming. And you know what? We have church here every Sunday <laughs> and Saturday. We have Saturday services at 6 and Sunday at 9 and 11. Would you please come back if you don't have a church? Because we'd love to have you. We'll help you as best we can on your spiritual journey. And we love you guys and have a happy Easter. If you accepted Christ today, don't forget to stop the table. Now I ran out of that grave.